This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Visit the podcasts page for show notes and links. Remember to like, share, and comment to help me grow. Henshin Inspection Presents Going Ultra, episode 37, By Your Own Hands. I'm analyzing Ultraman Trigger Episode 1, Connection of Light, which originally aired on July 10th, 2021. The writer is Naoko, Naoki, sorry, Naoki Hayashi, and the director is Koichi Sakamoto. I'm going to start right off with the negative stuff. There are only two things here. Uh, the title cards are nothing compared to the vintage styles he had. I really dug those. Uh, in the original Ultraman, I like those title cards. They're super cool, and they're also very cool in Ultraman Z. And uh, I don't necessarily know why Z had those awesome, awesome title cards. If it's on an anniversary show, maybe they were just going back. Maybe they do it every other year. I don't know. I'm still relatively new to Ultraman, so I don't know all the ins and outs. I think I think I get it, like the basic of it on a profound level, but I don't know. I don't have like an encyclopedia recall of, it, of everything from Ultraman, so... There you go. And then also, uh, this is something actually in the show. This isn't in the meta of it. But the uh, the car... No, not the car. The, the sword flying to trigger, I felt was way too easy. Uh, Carmira and the uh, uh, Golba, I think, was the, the the kaiju he was fighting. They were tag-teaming him, and he... You know, his color timer started going, and then all of a sudden the sword flies to him from downstairs, deeper in the ruins, and... Uh, uh, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Doesn't do it for me. I know this is a children's show, but, you know, we want to teach the children well, right? Not, not you know, tell them everything's going to be easy for them. I mean, to, to some extent, it's bad enough that, you know, Ultraman always wins, right? All right, so I'm going to hop away from the negative stuff and move on to the positive. Uh, I'm going to give you my list real quick. Kengo, Mars, Shizuma, uh, Carmira, and Mudfight. Those are my positives, so I'll go through them one by one. Kengo's a really cool guy. I like him. He's happy. He is kind of a standard show... Uh, uh, tokusatsu sh uh, shonen, you know, uh, you know, Red Ranger typey protagonist. Uh, I don't know how many ultras, Ultraman hosts have been, you know, just like happy go lucky guys or whatever. Um, Hik um, I don't think Hikari really is, but um, or I'm sorry, Har Haruki. I don't think Haruki really is. He's just like a positive, determined guy. Um, but yeah, I don't see. I don't see a problem with it necessarily. Uh, in fact, I liked how he wants to make everybody smile, smile, and uh, I dig that. So uh, <laughs> I uh, made comments in the, I think the YouTube uh, comment section about it, um, and some people we went a little back and forth. I appreciated the, the the counterpoints that some people were giving about him being a little too happy and too positive or whatever. And it's kind of weird, but I think the actor is charming, and I think he did a good job of conveying. Uh, the very, you know, kid show friendly message of, I just want everyone to be happy and smile, smile. And, uh, yeah, I dug it. I also like that he's a botanist that's really weird, really quirky, and that he made this plant, like he synthesized this plant or whatever that grows. And like, I hope that the plant, uh, plays a big part in the rest of the show. I kind of feel like it won't since they're leaving Mars, which is not something I like. Speaking of something I do like, though, Mars. Mars is really cool. I love that they live in these dome cities, that they're trying to make life work there, that they've colonized the planet, uh, that there's these weird ruins on it. Like, there's this whole history to Mars, and Mars exists in a weird way, and uh, I think the implication in it was that Earth was too overrun with kaiju. It doesn't seem like that since they're going back, um, but maybe there was like kind of a crisis, and they said, let's hurry up and colonize Mars. But, um, yeah, I liked that. Um, 
Yeah, I like Mars. It was a cool setting. I love the the color palette they had for it. it's all red and stuff, uh, but it looked really good, and it allowed for cool stuff like that big mud fight at the end. And I like the idea of like, oh, you have these protected cities with all the people inside, and the kaiju might appear outside of them. And they're trying to breach the city, and you have you know Ultraman going coming along and stopping them from getting in and causing destruction, even if they have to you know drive them out of of the domes once they break in there. Um, it doesn't seem like that's what the rest of the show is going to be about, though. So it's kind of disappointing that we had this really cool thing happen, and it might change. But I'm going to keep a positive attitude and not worry about it too much. Uh, Shizuma, the old guy uh, who has two kids at home uh, who are who know about Ultraman, and one of them seems kind of like, uh, I don't know. They don't do second writers, or <laughs> second Ultras and Ultraman shows, right? So I guess that guy's not going to become a, a second writer, but he feels like he's being set up to be something like a second writer type character, uh, or, you know, the sixth ranger or whatever, because uh, I'm mostly familiar with those shows. Um, but anyway, yeah, Shizuma's son is interesting. Uh, his daughter I, just seems kind of generically positive about Ultraman, but uh, Shizuma seems like he has a history, like he knows all about the kaiju stuff, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, like he's intimately familiar with it. He had that um, the sparklance or whatever uh, that he used to shoot a kaiju or that the, the Golba that was attacking. And that was super cool. And I liked that. And I liked his words of inspiration. In fact, uh, I went ahead and designed, I made a little, um, I just threw a quote from him on top of a like silhouette sticker type thing um, or silhouetted image of him. Uh, so you can check that out at the bottom of the show notes. I thought that was really cool uh, what he had to say. Um, and I just found him to be an interesting character. It almost seemed like he even had a history with Kengo's mom a little bit. Miss, Mrs. Manaka, I believe. Is, is it Manaka or Makana? I can't remember. And I didn't look in the notes. Or I didn't make, you know, uh, not tedious notes, but meticulous notes about it. So I'm not sure. But anyway, seemed really cool. I like him a lot. And if he is going to be involved with Gut Select and uh, and um, and Kengo uh, down on Earth, that'll be cool. I'd like to see him in a mentor role. Uh, Carmira was a fierce, vicious, brutal, vindictive villain and it was really awesome to see that um she didn't come off too despite sakamoto she didn't come off too uh too much like she was supposed to be alluring she just seemed like you know she's a ultra woman or something like that uh an ultra titan ultra giant whatever i'm not sure lady and uh she seemed really mad <laughs> like i said really vindictive and spiteful and it's just cool to see like a straight uh played lady villain you know she's a villain who happens to be a lady and uh, she's got her cool whip, but she wasn't just using the whip. She was going down there and she was um, mud wrestling <laughs> uh, Ultraman Trigger. And that was super dope. Um, obviously, she has some sort of history with Trigger, which we'll get into throughout the series, I assume. And uh, anyway, just I loved how brutal she was and how crazy she was. And it was really awesome. So uh, I mean, she's a great villain to start off the show. Although it is pretty funny that a rock wakes her up and then she starts all this trouble. Like, what's what's up with that? Uh, so that was odd. And then, uh, you know, the last thing is the mud fight. The mud fight was amazing. I guess uh, Golba didn't really get in too involved with it. It was mostly Carmera and, and Trigger himself. Um, but it was just, it was beautiful to see. Um, I like them using the terrain of Mars in such an effective way. And it would have been cool if they'd, like, you know, had him stick around on Mars and he can fight on a glacier, fight in a big chasm, fight in, uh, you know, all sorts of different places. Isn't the Marianas Trench, isn't that, on Mars? Or is that here on Earth? I don't know. It's really deep, though. Um... <laughs> That might be that might be on Earth, but anyway, there's, supposedly there's a huge canyon or rift or whatever in Mars, and that would have been a cool place to see uh, a fight as well. But anyway, regardless, the mud fight was really cool, and I will move on. I have a couple questions after watching the episode. Uh, was Kengo's dad some sort of alien? Shizuma kind of gave uh, Kengo's mom like a knowing look, and you know he, his hands were glowing, and there's that. Uh, 
Azuri lady or Suzari or whatever her name was, um, the like spectral lady who appeared to him and you know, you are light and you are light and 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 what and what what am I, lady? Um, but you know, he seems to have a, a, an intimate physical connection with uh, Trigger, and I'm wondering is it somehow possible that he's like an ancient uh, descendant or or a, like long 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 time removed descendant somehow of like an ultra human hybrid? Maybe he was a host or someone in his line was a host to Trigger before, and now he gets to be again. I don't know if that's possible, but that's kind of what it feels like. But it, I think it's neat. Um, but then again, being that his dad's not there, I wonder if he was the the guy. I don't know. And then, uh, so this is called New Generation Taiga or Tiga, whatever. I don't know. I think, I think it's Tiga. Did Shizumu know Tiga? Kind of seems like it, but I thought this was supposed to be, like, it's confusing. Is this an alternate reality? Is it a ranching timeline? Is it a, this or that? Is it a reboot? I, I, I can't quite tell, but those, you know, that's a question I have. And then, uh, what's the deal with the gravity and atmosphere on Mars? I mean, based on the show, and I, I kind of asked this in the comments too, I threw this in <laughs> uh, on that YouTube video on the episode, and uh, somebody came pretty hard at me, but I understand where they're coming from because this is a kid's show, but, uh, you know, kid's shows sometimes have space and they have characters and heroes and, you know, even kids getting off into space and having fantastical adventures, but they still, like, have to wear a space helmet or um, a, an astronaut suit or something. Like, there's always an explanation for how it's possible. I assume Mars has gravity generators or... Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I think gravity. I think the gravity on Mars is less than on Earth, supposedly. So maybe they have some sort of gravity magnification thing on in the bubbles or in the domes. Um, that would be fine. You know, a kaiju is obviously going to weigh more there and have gravity affect them more. Uh, I would just, I would assume somebody gigantic, like you know, stories tall, would be uh, affected more on gravity. Like it would scale that way. If you get what I'm trying to say. Um, but then, like, the whole thing with the air, when Golba managed to get into the dome by digging a hole or by breaching through the wall, shouldn't that have caused an issue with the air? I don't know, whatever. I can roll with it if, you know, they're saying that Mars has atmosphere and Mars has gravity identical to Earth or, like, very, like, you know, 0.9 the same. Um, that's fine. I just I just wondered. I was surprised by that. So it just seemed kind of odd. And I don't know if that's something that's been, you know, explored in other Ultra shows in the past. Because, like I said, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of all the Ultraman shows. Um... I do have kind of a, like a broader thematic type question uh, and I'll throw it out there and then I'll tell you how much I like this episode. But like if Kengo is some sort of ultra offspring, will that make him too much of a chosen one type character? And will that affect his heroism or will that affect how you receive him, I guess, and the show as a whole? I'd give this episode a, or I do give this episode a 3.5 out of 5. Um, there were some weird little things here and there, but overall I really liked it. I thought it was a, a, a real great uh, start to the series and it was a... Uh, really exciting to see um this new Ultraman I've I've been watching Z recently that's my my that's my most current Ultraman experience and it's the latest Ultraman show before T or Trigger um so just to see how different they are is really cool because they definitely stand out as unique from each other um there's obviously things that are similar and uh I just I like the balance I like what's going on it feels new it feels fresh it feels different um but it doesn't feel it feels like it can stand on its own, but it also feels like it can kind of blend it together. So I dig that. I, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. And then will it, you know, ruin him to be some sort of ultra descendant? I don't think so, because even if you have the potential or if you have something special about you, it's still up to the individual, like in who you are intrinsically, if you're special, uh, it's still up to you as a person and as uh, someone who either has character or lacks character to rise up to the challenge and, uh, and, 
I don't know, fulfill your destiny or be who you should be or be what you can be. So to me, that still feels like enough of a challenge for uh, for Kengo to have to face um, and to prove, you know, he's a real hero or not. So it doesn't bother me uh, if there is some sort of, you know, <laughs> destiny uh, aspect to this or, you know, messianism or whatever. You know, maybe his dad was a space freighter um, <laughs> or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's why he turns out to be special. That's a, a, a joke about Luke Skywalker. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I have to say for the episode. Um, I have two designs, two, I, I'm just going to say sticker designs for now, just to keep it succinct. If you want it on a shirt or a mug or anything like that, you can do that too. But basically, two designs. Uh, one called Build the Future and one called Pave Your Destiny. Pave Your Destiny, Shizuma holding up the sparklings like a gun before he shot that kaiju. And it has a quote on there about paving your destiny with your own hands. And then the other one, uh, it's like the henshin call that... Um, that Kengo makes about building your future. It's, you know, build a future, hope of light or light of hope or something like that, um, that he says when he transforms into uh, Ultraman. And it's the the cool pose that he did with the sword where he sh- went to stab it down into the ground before he did his, uh, I can't remember what is it. It's, it's like Zeronium or Zeppanium or I can't remember what his, his beam or ray uh, attack is called in this, uh, but it was definitely interesting. <laughs> it an interesting name. I believe it started with a Z, Zep something or, or other. So anyway, uh, you can check those out. And uh, yeah, I would appreciate your answer to the question I ask about his uh, his um, like his chosen oneness, if that's going to be a problem for you or not. So anyway, that's that's it. I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you for your time and attention. I hope you enjoyed this. Check out my growing collections of analysis, art, and fiction. You can also visit mjmanuos.com slash support to check out my latest designs and more. I welcome critique to improve my craft, so don't hold back any comments you have for me. I leave you with peace and blessings. This is MJ signing out.